Okay. All right, so we've been discussing the uh, need of candle lighting of Nero Shabbos for the past few weeks. I, I mentioned that, that really, you know, I'm not sure how to go about doing this because you could really spend a long time on this sugya because it's really Shabbos itself. So, but I want to get to the Misa, you know, on the, on the flyer for this year. It says a practical guide to avoid on Shabbos. So what am I supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? So we have to, we have to make it practical. Okay, so uh, just a little bit chazer over what we've been discussing the past couple uh, couple shirim, two shirim, I think, so far on Shabbos candles. The, the, the first site that we established was is that what Shabbos candles are uh, is a physical manifestation and embodiment of Shabbos itself. It's not thing. It's not a. It's not candles that you light for Shabbos. It is Shabbos itself. It is Shabbos itself. That's what we explained. That's why when you light Shabbos candles, at least for women, that's that is an act of accepting Shabbos by itself, by by its very definition. Even for men as well, it's just that there's an assumption going in that we're actively not being Makabal Shabbos at the time. But on its own, Shabbos candles is, is Shabbos itself. It is Kabbal Shabbos. That's Nera Shabbos. <clears throat> and we talked about this last week, that, that the fact that Shabbos is embodied by light is telling us, is connected with this Indian, is telling us that Shabbos is somehow connected with this concept of the Arhaganas, this hidden light, the light of creation, the first light the Rabbanu Shalmei that one was able to see from one end of the universe to the other, that Chazal say was hidden, but Shabbos, Adam and Chav were able to experience that light. And we talked about this, how this is related to the concept of Shalom Bayis, of being able to experience something finite and specific, but everything is in it. Everything is there, not needing to look anywhere outside of what's in front of you for happiness and fulfillment and and peace, and that's what that first light was, right? That first light was like the mun, that's what we talked about, it was like the mun, where you have something in front of you, but you could see from one end of the universe to the other in it. It has everything that you need in, in front of you. That, that's what Shabbos is supposed to be. Shabbos is not one day of the week. Shabbos is a way of looking at all of Yiddishkeit. It's a way of looking at our relationship with Rabbanu Shalom, that you have everything you need right in front of you. That was, that was the angle that we took last week. And so tonight, what I want to talk about is, well, it's part of this mosaic of what Shabbos is, although we'll be taking it slightly in a different angle, but if you think deeply about it, it's all coming from the same place. So, um, Okay, so when it comes to Shabbos candles, we know that technically, according to Halacha, all you need to do is light one, right? All you need is one, is one candle. There's nowhere in Halacha that says that you have to light two or one for every person in the family. There's all different minhagim. But we know that already from Chazal, the minig is, it's already it's rooted in Chazal, of having at least two candles. One connected Zohar, one connected Shomer, it's brought down to the Pesachim, two candles. And so that's one question we have to discuss, is that okay, fine, Shabbos candles, Shabbos candles is Shabbos, somehow the hidden light, the, it's a light, Shabbos mm-hmm. is that light of creation. Which, by, by the way, just to, you know, to, to come back to what I mentioned last week, where I just chazed it over for a minute, the Gemara says in Shabbos, Hazar Biner, someone who's careful with, with Shabbos candles in particular, well, it's a skula that their children should become Tamidichachamim. So you see an association between Shabbos candles and Torah, and children, which is also connected to Shalom Bayis, obviously, husband and wife. <clears throat> the Gemara says that Chazal Rashi brings it down that that first light of creation was hidden, right? The Rabbanu Shalom hid that light. He saw that it wasn't Kedai for all of humanity to experience such a thing. And uh, we have to go through life not finding everything in front of us. But the Rabbanu Shalom hid that light. And uh, the Gemara says, and Chazal Rashi says, that Rabbanu Shalom hid it for the tzaddikim in the next world. 
at that time of Yom Shekul Shabbos. And the question is, where did the Rabbanu Shalom hide it? Where did he hide it? So it's, it's interesting. To answer that question, the Gros said something, and the Baal Shanta said something, and you would think it would be the opposite. But that's part of Shalom Bayes. The Gain said that the Rabbanu Shalom hid that light in the Tzaddik. In the Tzaddik. Whoever the Tzaddik of the generation is, the Lamed Vav Tzaddikim, there are 36 hidden Tzaddikim of a generation, corresponding to those 36 hours that the light was being used on Shabbos, Friday into Shabbos. And so uh, that's what the Gain said, that the hidden, light of Sha- the hidden light of creation, the light of Shabbos, is in the Tzaddik. That's when the Zayar Kaddish, we find this in the Zayar Kaddish, that, that Rabbi Shimon was called, was called Shabbos. They were called, they were called Rabbi Shimon, they called the Tzaddik, the tzaddik uh, is called Shabbos. That's what the Gain says. It's brought down from the Baal Shem Tov, however, it's not however, it's, it's, they're both connected to each other. Baal Shem Tov said that the hidden light of creation was hidden in Tyra. That's why I said that like, you would think it would be opposite. You would think Baal Shem Tov would say Tzaddik and the Grot would say Tyra. But no, the Gain said Tzaddik and the Baal Shem Tov said Tyra. Tyra has this quality that if a person looks deeply into it, one can see everything. That's why there's many stories with Baal Shem Tov like this. This is where it becomes very chassidish. But there's stories like this where there are certain questions were asked of the Baal Shem about not, not halachic questions, like, think, like what's going on in Turkey right now, that type of thing, you know what I mean? And, uh, or he, he needed to know what's going on the other end of the world. So the Baal Shem Tov, uh, occasionally the stories recorded, they all fo- sort of follow the same plot, which is that the Baal Shem Tov said to someone, bring me a safer, any safer, just take a safer off the shelf, brings me the safer, opens it up, the Baal Shem Tov looks in the safer, and then he has the answer. And so the Tal Dos Yaakov Yosef and when they record these stories, the explanation they give is that the hidden light of creation is in Torah. The Baal Shem said it's in Torah. And so a tzaddik, when he has the eyes of a tzaddik, looking, looks into any sefer, can see that light. And that light of creation has everything in it. Everything that ever will be, everything that is, is contained in that light. So you see that light, it means you have everything. That's also related to Torah itself. The Chazal say a language about Torah. Look inside of it, look inside of it, everything is there. What does it mean everything is there? It means that there's, it means that every single piece of Torah has everything in it. Torah is made in such a way where instead of thinking of it as, um, you, know, you think of it like a network, you know, it's not like compartmentalized in such a way. It's not like, you know, it's like this anyway, right? You're learning, uh, you want to learn Hilchus uh, Muks or something, so where do you go? Shabbos, right? But there's also going to be some random Gemara in Zvachim that's somehow related to Hilchus Muks and like, I, I, I didn't think to look in Zvachim. That's the way it goes. Everything is contained in Torah, and every single piece of Torah, it's, light, it's the hidden light of creation. So that's what Shabbos is. Again, that's sort of, you know, based on what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. But now let's, let's go with a, different, a little bit of a different angle. The what? Guns and Litzadikim, that's what it says. I mean, maybe there's a measure somewhere that's attributed to, I mean, the going writes it in, in, his, in a few places that he hid it in the Tzaddik. He quotes it from a Zayar, which is pretty explicit, but uh, that's the guy instead of the Baal it's, it's, uh, it's attributed to him. I don't know, maybe it's a Chazal somewhere else, I don't know. <clears throat> okay, so let, let's, let's, let's talk about Shabbos candles. And, and it, it, again, a couple, going back, a couple things that I want to discuss tonight, just practicality. The concept of lighting two candles, at least two, right? Again, there's a minig of each member of the family as well lighting a candle, but Mikra Din, I guess you can say the oldest minig is two, Zohar and Shomer, two candles. Why? What's the Indian? That's Aleph. Bays. I mentioned this a couple times already, that the Indian of Shabbos candles is not exclusively just for the women or just for the men. It's Shalom Bayez. So in other words, the way, the minig, the way it's brought down, the way it's supposed to be, is that the man should set up the candles, 
there's even such a thing it's brought down that the man should first light them and then put them out, making them more easily lit. Again, practically, it's not so necessary nowadays you have good candles, but the man should set up the candles. The woman obviously lights the candles. And when the man comes home, he should look at the candles right away, by Kiddush as well, but there should be, the man should look at the candles as well. So there's a, there's a shtatvus that's going on over here. So the, the question we have to answer is again, why two? What's the kavana of two candles in particular? What's the kavana of setting up the candles? And what's the kavana of lighting them and looking at them? Those are the parts of Hadlokas Ner Shabbos you have to investigate. What's the avoid of it? Okay. So it's like this. When it comes to this idea of the hidden light of creation and the light of Shabbos, it's very much associated with Moshe Rabbeinu. It's the to our parasha. Moshe Rabbeinu was born, and Chazal say, they, the Pasuk says that they saw that he was toiv, that he was toiv, they called him tovia. why? So the whole house full, was, became full of light. And Chazal already say that's the hidden light of Shabbos, that's the light of the, the Haganas. Moshe Rabbeinu is associated with Shabbos. Yismach Moshe b'ma'anas chalkai. Chazal say in the Medrash as well, that in this, in the, on this week's parasha, that when Parai, when Moshe Rabbeinu was being raised in the palace, so Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Parai and he says, you know, you work a slave seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you know, it's only a matter of time till they die, it's not productive. So Moshe says, you need to give them a day off. So Parai says, fine, you pick the day. So, Moshe Rabbeinu came up with the day of Shabbos on his own. So Moshe is associated with Shabbos. Moshe is connected to Shabbos. But in order to understand that relationship better, what's the need of Moshe and Shabbos, we have to go back in, to an earlier place, an earlier source of Shabbos. And that's Noyach. Noyach. In Parshas Noyach it says, first of all, Noyach is the, the name Noyach. There's the word Menucha, rest. It's associated with Shabbos. In Parshas Noyach, after the Mabal, it says in Pasuk that the Rabbani Shalom says to Noyach, that the Goyim do not, are not allowed to keep Shabbos. The Goyim are not allowed to keep Shabbos, which means, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but really that's the first emergence of Kedusha Shabbos. See, Shabbos is, is, is talked about in Parshish Breshis, but over there it's described in a, more, in a way that's more universal. It doesn't get to the Pneumius, to the site, to the Neshama of Shabbos. Over there, Shabbos is described. Hashem rested on the seventh day, and Mele, you keep Shabbos. That's something that the Goyim could also have a Shabbos to. That's not telling you the essence of Shabbos. That's not the hidden light of Shabbos. The first time where you have a, 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 a side of Shabbos being revealed is talking Parshish Naik, where it says Gaim can't keep Shabbos. Gaim cannot keep Shabbos. That tells you that there's something more to Shabbos than just, okay, commemorating the fact that Rabbanu Shalom created the world. That's something Gaim could have as well. So it's Parshish Nayach, Hashem Yisbarach telling Nayach, Yon Velay Layish Baisu, that's the first emergence of the mystery of Shabbos. And now this Indian, that the mystery of Shabbos is unfolding with Nayach and then Moshe, is not by coincidence. The Arizal talks about in this week's parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu and Noach are very much related to each other. The Zara Kaddish already says that Noach did not daven for his generation, and Moshe Rabbeinu does. Moshe Rabbeinu does. And so the Zara already makes that connection between Noach and Moshe. The Arizal goes further. The Arizal says not only was there is there a slight connection, Moshe Rabbeinu is a reincarnation, is a Gilgal on some level, a Nitzitz of of, of Noach. Again, although. Moshe Rabbeinu's name gets thrown around with a lot of Gilgulim, Hevel and Shase and uh, all different people. But on some level, there was a, a Gilgul of Noach as well. And so, so this is the question we have to explain now. Like, okay, so we want to understand Shabbos. Moshe Rabbeinu is somehow connected to Shabbos. Noach is also connected to Shabbos. Noach and Moshe are connected. What does what Noach and Moshe, what does this tell us about Shabbos? 
And, what it, and how does this relate back to the light of Shabbos, the Shabbos candles, that when Moshe is born, the house is full of light, which is the light of Shabbos. Okay, so it's like this. After the chait of Adam and Chava, after the chait of Adam and Chava, it says the Rabbanu Shalom curses Adam and Chava, and Adam is cursed with having to work, right? Uh, and so on. You have to work very hard to make a living. Chav is cursed with uh, difficulty in childbirth and raising children and so on. But there's one, so those two things are two, se- you know, two separate curses, focused on man, focused on woman. But there is one word that sort of you find in both curses, and that sums it all up. That's itzavain, sadness. Itzavain teichlan, it says, regarding Adam, that with sadness you'll eat bread. And regarding Chava, the eight sev tildi banim, with sadness you'll raise children. Itzavain. Itzavain. That, that curse of Itzavain, that's both for men and women, Shabbos comes to, to, to relieve that Atzvas, that Itzavain. Noyach begins, begins to fix that Itzavain, and Moshevinah comes to complete it. Now let me explain. What is the source of Yitzavan? What's the source of sadness both for Parnasa by Adam and also when it comes to ch- children and childbirth of Hula, everything in that parasha when it comes to women? Okay, so it's like this. The Rabbanu made the world in such a way, this, this is very posh, it sounds complicated, but it's really not. The Rabbanu made the world in such a way where everything, everything is, is, is always in two parts. There's the, there's the effort, there's the kayach that a person puts in, and then there's the result. That's how things get done, right? You have to put in work, put in effort, and then things happen. In the Svarmark tradition, we find that those two sides of experience, the effort, the, the kayach, the potential, the, the, the movement towards, and then the destination itself, the pol yaitzay, that's very much always associated with masculine versus feminine. It's related to what I mentioned last week of like, you know, the mashal, if I'm going to give you any number that you want, any, any money that you want, just pick a number and zel. So while you're climbing the ladder, that's called movement. But nothing's there yet, right? That's, that's the kayach, that's the potential. It's, it's masculine. It's moving towards something. It's the effort. And then when you actually pick something, that's the destination. That's the pol That's the accomplishment. That's the fruit. That's at the end. That's why in, 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 um, in the Svarmak Kedoshim you'll find uh, that... Uh, there's a midah that's called malchus. Malchus always means the destination. It means at the end, what this is all working towards. So that's the kayach, and that's what Chazal say, that everything the Rabbanu Shem made is masculine and feminine. Everything's masculine and feminine. Trees are masculine and feminine. Animals, everything is male versus female. Why? Because that's the basic building block of, of reality, which is that you want anything to be done, work and, and get it done, and then you'll get it done. That's Kavaldic. So fine. We have no problem. None of us would have a problem with putting in effort knowing that it results in what we want to have accomplished. That's, that's fine. That, that, that's, that's part of the deal. What's the Yitzavan? What's the sadness of Yitzavan Teichlan and Beitzav Tildibanam? The Yitzavan that, that was unfortunately injected into creation as a result of the Chet Leitzadahs is a disconnect between Zohar and Akeva. A disconnect between effort, between kayak, between potential, and the polyoitzi at the end. The phenomenon of what? Of putting in work and not seeing the results that you want. Now, in the most extreme way, Chazal already described this, is that after, uh, after the Chet of the Yitzhadas, let's, let's focus on Adam, Adam for a second, 
Bitzavin Teichlena, is that a human being, let's say, you would put in a lot of effort to, uh, to, 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 to plow the field and to plant and to water it, but a lot of effort, and you planted tvua, you planted wheat. And all of a sudden, what, what, what happens? Thorn bushes would come instead. Or some other plant would come that you weren't interested in having. There was a very extreme disconnect between a person's efforts and the polyoitse that you, would, that you expected with that. That's itzavay. And the flip side is also true when it comes to the curse of the Nekeva, the curse of Chava, of Be'etz of Tildibonim. What's the Itzavan of that? The Itzavan of that is that disconnect of, of when it comes to, you know, the, child, the difficulty of having children, uh, putting in the effort and not seeing the payers, or, 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 or having opposite results from what you, you anticipated. In terms of chinuch, in terms of, uh, of everything related to relationships between parents and children, that's the Yitzavah. That's the Yitzavah. An absolute disconnect between Zach and Akev. <clears throat> Nayach comes to the world to give a little bit, to take, a little, to take away the first step of that Yitzavah. To take away the first step of that Yitzavah. What, what, what does Nayach do? So Chazal says, interesting, he's called Nayach, why? This person is going to comfort us and give us peace from the hard work of our hands that the Rabbanu Shalom cursed the earth with, right? So Rashi says, what does that mean? It means that before, Adam, before Nayach came to the world, it was such a phenomenon, you would plant wheat and thorn bushes would come out. Nayach comes to the world and all of a sudden, you plant wheat, wheat comes out. It means that Nayach, the Metzias of Nayach, Nayach is Shabbos, the Metzius of Shabbos is Shalom Bayis, bringing men and women together, connecting to the hidden light of creation. Again, what's the hidden light of creation? The hidden light of creation is the beginning and end being, to get, being connected, right? That's what it means. That, like, remember, the Eben HaShashiyah, the foundation rock in the Kaidish HaKachim, that's the center point where everything comes from, and it con- contained in that is everything that will be. That's, that's a connection between, between, act, between beginning and end. That's masculine and feminine, right? Putting in the work, that's the beginning of something, and seeing the results of it, that's the end. So the Aragon is the hidden light of creation means a, a, a unity between those two points, right? The beginning point, which is the, the light, and in that light, everything that's going to be. So there's the beginning, the potential, the effort, and the result at the end. Noach comes to begin to bring back Shalom Bayes. He begins to bring back this phenomenon that you put in work and taka, you get what you want. You see the results of your labor. It's the beginning of Shalom Bayez. That's Nayach. That brings a lot of comfort. It brings a lot of comfort. Can you imagine what it would be like living in a world where you put in effort and you talk a saw the Paris? You didn't have to wait for some Olam uh, Haba experience. You didn't have to wait for some, you know, you know, a person davens and you'd actually see the results. You'd see the results. You wouldn't have to be told and rely on Amuna that, by the way, every feel is answered. It's just you don't see it now. You'll see it in generations. Noyach means the, the, the bringing Shabbos into the world means giving the world a little bit more energy and a more ability to see the taka, the connection between the, what is beginning and what is end between Zohar and Akeva. That's Noyach. But that's not fully, that's not full Shalom bias. Why? It's not full Shalom bias. Because, because even if a person sees the result of their efforts, even imagine such a thing that a person's davening and they get answered, right? It's amazing. Or a person, you know, puts in a hard day's work, and they actually see Hatzlacha from it. Or they, uh, in learning also, you, you, you put in effort, and, and the Gemara actually makes sense at the end. 
You saw the Paris and the Zohar Nekeva, but there's still, a, there's still a level of Yitzavon. What's the level of Yitzavon? Is the fact that the effort is not one with the Paris. The fact that there's even a disconnect between putting in effort and actually seeing the results already means there's some level of sadness, there's some level of discontent, there's some, level of, there's some part of the person that's always going to be complaining and upset. It's like, why do I have to put in work? Lamashal. We all know from the time that we're kids. Why does the Rabbanu Shalom create the world? Why? To do good, right? To give, us, to give us unbelievable things. So give it to us. So give it to us. That's the answer is, no, there's such a thing as what? As Nahamad Diki Sufa. It's, it's embarrassing. No one wants to be given a handout. The nature of a person is to only appreciate and to enjoy what you earn. So male, that's what we have to go through 6,000 years of mamish craziness in order that we should earn what, we, what the Rabbanu always wanted to give us. So what's the kasha that every fifth grader asks? So make us in a way that we don't have Namatiki Sufa, right? That's the kasha. It's a good kasha. I don't have an answer, but it's a good kasha. That's Itzavan, you understand? The very fact that, of, fine, meaning, meaning like this. Fine, I'll put in work 6,000 years and I'll get to Paris. Fine. But why make me work? Why, even that disconnect is upsetting. We don't allow ourselves to think about it, because, okay, you know, halavai, we should even see the Paris. We're, we're, we're holding already ki'ilu, there was no, never a noyach even. But let's imagine there's a noyach already. Let's imagine that the light of Shabbos is strong in the world even with noyach, and zachar leads to nekeva. But there's still zachar and there's still nekeva. If there's zachar one side of the table, and nekeva the other side of the table, there's still a level of sadness. There's still a taina. When we're talking about sadness over here, let me explain. We're not, it's not, it doesn't mean sad like depressed. It means a taina. There's some sort of, unse- there's something unsettled about being, 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 a, being a yid in this world that Aleph, I don't see the result of my effort. And Bayes, even if I did, why do I have to work so hard? We have to work so hard. Is it Rishalmi? Because of that Rishalmi, we have to suffer for 6,000 years. It's a taina. It's a taina. So Noyach comes to alleviate the extreme complaint of, I don't see any result of my, of my work. I put in, I plant Tvua and Kaitz Vidardet Tatzmiachlach. So Noyach comes to bring Shabbos a little bit into the world, and the light of Shabbos means, no, 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 no. The light of Shabbos means, it means a, a boost of a Muna in Nishmas Yisrael to know and to feel and to be a little bit more comfortable with the knowledge that every tefillah is answered. In other words, in the, in the actual, let me try to explain. In the actual event of Noach's life, so they planted Tvua, Tvua came out. In our way that we're understanding this in terms of Vedas Hashem, the complaint, pre Noach was what? Pre Noach is, I daven, I daven, I daven, and I see nothing. And sometimes I see something, but it has nothing to do with my davening. Noach means in Vedas Hashem that there's a deeper level of Amuna within the Neshama to be able to connect the dots of being able to daven for, for something for a very long time and to feel a little level of comfort in knowing and at least believing that there is going to be Paris coming from this. To alleviate a little bit of that itzavan. Again, I might not see with my own eyes, but the hidden light of Shabbos, the hidden light, it's hidden light, but the hidden light of Shabbos means that although I don't see the Paris myself, I believe that this will yield in Paris. And that shmooze that a person gets Oh, your davening didn't work, but you know, you know, your great-grandchildren will be matzliach because of your davening. That sits a little bit better because there was a noich in the world. You understand? It sits a little bit more comfortable and it alleviates some of the pain of not seeing Paris from your tefillahs and your hashtadlahs because deep down in the neshama, we understand that noich came to the world. 
And Zayanach Noach means there's such a thing as Shabbos. Shabbos means that although there, we don't, you don't see Zachar leading to Nekeva, there is a Metzias, the, the reality is Zachar leads to Nekeva, Shalom Bayes, a hidden light of creation. You don't see it, but it's there. And that means that there's a level of, of acceptance and understanding within the Neshama that my davening does always result in Paris, even though I don't see it. That's all step one. But then there's a deeper tiny, which is, okay, very nice, but what do I have to daven for? If the Rebbe wanted to give it to me, give it to me. What do I have to put in so much work for? Fine. And then I accept the fact that on some level my, my, my tefillahs are answered and my ishtadlas always result in something. If I'm working so hard and I'm not seeing the hatzlacha, maybe some other year to sing the hatzlacha. Fine. There's an akeva to every zacher, right? There's a, what, how does it, there's a cover to every pot, right? How's it go? Something like that, right? Fine. Right? There's a, so, that's how, right? so there's always a zacher to an akeva. Fine. But why, there, why does it have to be such a difference? This is where Moshe comes. Moshe comes to, to bring a much deeper level of Shabbos into the world. Moshe comes to reveal that not only does every Zachar lead into an Akeva, and every Akeva is preceded by a Zachar. Moshe Rabbeinu, the sight of Moshe Rabbeinu is that the level of Shalom Bayis is so intense is a zarchan akeva mamish one. What does that mean? I mean, so this is, this is what's revealed with Tyrus Moshe. See, before Moshe Rabbeinu, there was such a thing as, as, as mitzvahs, right? Shev mitzvah v'neich. There's such a difference. So the Goyim has seven, and we have 613. Is that the only difference between us? They have just a lower number, we have more. The answer is no. The Ramah, for example, writes, he says that once Moshe Rabbeinu came to the world, once, was, once there was a Harsinai, then even Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noyach have to be kept because that's what Moshe Rabbeinu told them. Through Tyrus Moshe. What's the di- what exactly is Tyrus Moshe as opposed to Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noyach? Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noyach are Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noyach are coming, mitzvahs that are coming from Noyach which means that, you know, they're about getting a certain result. In, in very simple terms, Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noyach, the morale talks about this, Shev and Mrs. B'nei Noach are about trying to make sure the world is functional and healthy and happy and sustainable. Everything's fine. But there's a taka effort that you have to put in. Don't kill, don't steal, you know, set up a legal system. All these things you have to set up in order, in order to maintain and to, uh, and to uh, sustain a, a livable planet. Fine. Taurus Maish is different. Taurus Moshe says that there's no moment in life that's not tachlis in and it of itself. You understand? By t- Shev Mitzvah Noach are not just seven as opposed to 613. They're fundamentally different. Shev Mitzvah Noach do not give over any, they do not give over this concept, which is that every moment of life is inherently meaningful and, is, and the destination, every, every part of the destination is Every part of the, of the traveling is a destination itself. Not so with Taras Moshe. What's unique to, to mitzvahs is, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu brought to the world, is that, that level of menucha, which is that there's no such thing as a moment which is just in order to get to another moment. A person's working, right? So why am I working? In order to... No, no, no. Taras Moshe says there's meaning and there's value in those moments themselves. Even if you don't... Forget it, seeing the Paris. That this itself is meaningful. The avoida, the avoida of doing something, tying your shoes, going to the bathroom, eating, going to work, having a conversation, breathing. 
breathing. The Leshem talks about this. You know what the Leshem writes? The Leshem writes, he says, what's the shot that a person has to sleep? What's the phenomenon of sleeping? The Leshem says that just living, breathing, it, being conscious, what's happening when a, when a Yid is conscious is that at that moment of con- when you're awake, Pashat, right now, forget the fact that we're learning. That's unbelievable. But just being conscious, the Leshem writes, the Neshama is actively consuming the body. Mom is turning the body into something that's completely godly and completely spiritual. And therefore, said the Leshem, if a person never slept, then it would only be a matter of days until their guf would be completely transformed into something spiritual. And in order to allow the body to maintain its physical nature, it, 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 the, the neshama has to sort of be taken away a little bit to give, to give it a little bit of a breather, like, oh my, like to, just to get back to itself as a physical body. You know what that means? That means there's no moment of, of, of life that's not active. There's no moment of life that's not that's not a destination in and of itself. That's what that's what Taras Maish is about. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu brought us a Torah. The Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu is a Torah that has that that gives value and meaning and tachlis to every single moment. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is so associated with Shabbos. Shabbos is called tachlis shemayim varetz. What does it mean tachlis shemayim varetz? Tachlis shemayim varetz means that Shabbos orients a person to seeing life as inherently valuable and meaningful in every single moment. The effort is itself the payers. Misha tarach be'er Shabbos is yechel b'Shabbos. The sight of Misha Rabbeinu, the sight of Shabbos, the alleviation of that, of that, of that itzavayin is, is that there's no difference between zachar and nekeva. Zachar means moving towards something. Nekeva means final destination. Tainuach. The, the effort that a person puts in Avodah Hashem and in life in trying to accomplish, that itself is significant. That itself is meaningful. It's not a matter of seeing the pairs. Das alein. It's like the Rishonim ready to bring down that when a person daven Shemoneser and they take three steps back after davening, yeah? So why do you take three steps back after Shemoneser, right? The Gemara says because it's, it's like a servant saying thank you after receiving a present from their master. So the Ma'bit already, Rishonim, early Achronim, they ask, I didn't get my answer yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I daven refeinu. This guy should have refua. He's still sick, and I'm taking three steps back. Ke'ilu, I was, I was given the present. So my bit already says, my bit says, no, no, you're missing what tefillah is about. Tefillah is not about, the paris of tefillah is not the actual refua that you'll see. Of course, of course we'll see that. Noyach is mechazikos. You'll see that, for sure. But Moshe Rabbeinu comes to say more than that. The fact that the, 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 the moment of, of requesting itself was a tachlis. That's all you needed. That, that was significant by itself. You don't have to look for anything else. This is what's amazing about Torah, right? What's amazing about Torah is we know, we, we say every, every morning the, in Berchus HaTorah, there's different Nuschais, but the Nusach of most people is, last like B'divir Torah, right? That's the Berchus HaMitzvah, before you learn, to, be, to put an effort in learning. Last like B'divir Torah. So everyone knows, last like B'divir Torah. The answer is because Torah is unique, and that what? Is that even if you don't see the results, there's still a mitzvah. Meaning like this, if a person try, if a person puts in the effort to shake Luv and Esrik, but they didn't end up shaking Luv and Esrik, they tried. Were they yaitz to the mitzvah? No. You'll find some chazal, yeah, the, 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 the guy tried, so it's as if he did it. Lamai say he didn't shake Luv and Esrik. The only mitzvah, the only mitzvah out there that by trying is itself a fulfillment of the mitzvah, that is Torah. When a person sits down to learn and they don't understand, they sit the whole shir, they listen to me, and they come at the other end, they have no idea what I just said. Were they yites to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah? The answer is 100%. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah is not only amassing knowledge, the effort itself involved in learning is itself the tachlis. You see in Torah what? An absolute 
no division at all between Zohar and Akev. It's absolutely one. The effort put into a, to amass, to answer your questions, to answer the questions that the Shir started with, is itself the Tachlis. It's not about getting the answers, it's about the effort itself. The effort is its Tachlis. That's why the Gemara says that Shabbos, Shabbos is the day when the Torah was given. Everyone agrees the Torah was given on Shabbos. Shabbos is this Indian of what? The, the extreme Shalom bias of Shabbos is Mechazek and Neshama to not only have the Amuna that everything I put in effort for will result in something, but the depth of Shabbos is that the effort itself I find depth, I find, I find, uh, I find meaningful, and I find fulfillment in. That's the absolute yich between Zohar and Akeva. See, Shalom Bayis, even on a practical level, Shalom Bayis is related to this. How much effort a person puts in in, 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 in trying to have a family, trying to raise a family, trying to, to create relationships with people. That itself is the point. It's true this even, even, even getting to know someone. You go on a date, right? I mean, if you remember. <laughs> you go on a date, right? If a, guy, if a guy is going on a date or the girl's at the date and they're having a conversation... But in the meantime, he's just going through the Rolodex in his mind of the things that he has to cover. I have to find out how many siblings she has. I have to know what seminary she went to. I have to know how old the kids are and the siblings. I have to get the, the family history. And, like, and so while she's answering one question, he's already thinking about making sure there's no lull in the conversation, no break in the, in the conversation. I have to, and so he's not even paying attention, or she's doing the same thing to him. That's not how you build a relationship. Why? Because there's no yichra zach and akev, you understand? Because every effort, every moment of, of energy that is being spent in, 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 in getting to know the person is, is not meaningful in and of itself. You understand? It's about trying to get the information. That, that's not, that's not Shalom, that's the opposite of Be'etzim Shalom Bayes. The essence of Shalom Bayes is the conversation itself, the interaction itself is the Tachlis. It's not about what ends up happening at the end. It's about the, 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 the interaction itself is its, is its own tachlis. That's the site of Shalom Bayez. Having children and raising children is the same minion. How much effort a person puts in in that sugya of, of, of Banim and Banis, the, the ultimate tachlis is to, re, the, ultimate, the, the point is to realize that every effort is itself meaningful, even if you don't see the pairs. That's the ultimate level of Yichr of Zachar Nakeva. That's where real happiness comes from. The real menu- What's the menuch of Shabbos? The menuch of Shabbos is not that we don't work. The menuch of Shabbos is that work is redefined as, as, as meaningful. That's the menuch of Shabbos. It's a different avoid. It's a different avoid. It's, it's an avoid of, of, of absolute oneness between Zohar and Akeva. Okay, so we're, we're, I don't think I'm... Okay, a few... Let, let's try to sum it all up. Because Shalom, Itzavain, in this, in this context, Itzavain means things broken down into pieces. There's the Zachar, and there's the Nekeva. And, in it, and, and broken down in an extreme way, the Zachar might not even lead to a Nekeva. And a Nekeva might not even have a Zachar. Shalom bias means a union between Zachar and Nekeva. Number one, every Zachar leads to a Nekeva. That's Nayach. And number two, every Zachar is a Nekeva. Fusion. Fusion, absolute fusion. This is the site of the two Shabbos candles. I don't have time to, it's, it's already hard to, I can't be marked too much, but in the Kisari you find such a musig that the two Shabbos candles correspond to these two levels of yichud between Zohar and Akeva. One candle corresponds to understanding the, the noyach level of Shabbos, which is, there's a Zohar and there's an Akeva. 
But the one first, the first Shabbos candle means, okay, at least I'm mechazig my amuna. When you light the Shabbos candle, you're mechazig your amuna. That all the effort I've put in this past week, whether it be in ruchnius or in gashmius, relationships, mental, emotional, physical, all levels of, of effort that I've put in, there's an akeva to it. There's Paris that, are, that, are, that, are, that, that do result in my efforts. Every thought that I had, every positive thought that I had, was not empty, it was not meaningless, it did not flow to outer space and have nothing, no result, it has a result. Every word that I said that was positive has a result. Every action that I did that was positive has a result. Every zakhar has an akeva. And every result out there that I experience is because of my effort. That's also part of the nechama, that's, that's part of the menuch of Shabbos. In knowing and appreciating that everything you do experience is taka, something that you've accomplished. There's no nahamadiki sufa. You have what you deserve. You have what you deserve. That's the first candle of Shabbos. The second candle of Shabbos is what? Is a much deeper level of yichud. Not only does every effort that I, that I put into this past week result in something. No, 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 much deeper than that. The second candle is mechazek ma'imuna, that the effort itself was meaningful. The Rabbana Shalom was with me and, was invo- and the Rabbana Shalom had such nachas in the effort itself, not only in the result. And that has to give me comfort as well, that, the, that, that what I'm accomp- the effort that I'm putting in, even until I see the Paris, is itself meaningful. This is the side, by the way, we're coming to the month of Shvat. The whole, the whole Inni of Tuba Shvat, which is one of the most mysterious Yom Tavim we have, the whole Inni of Tuba Shvat, the whole Inni of Shvat, is what? Is, is, is an absolute oneness between the Paris and the, the source of the fruit, the tree and the, and the fruit. That's what Tuba Shvat is about, right? It's Rosh Hashanah Lilanis, and we celebrate it by eating fruit. That, that's the whole idea of Tubishvat. Is, is, it's already brought down this farm. It's, it's well known that a person on Tubishvat should daven for the Yasrik. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. Chazal say that, that when the Rabbanu Shalom created the world, the plan was that the trees, the bark of a tree, should taste of its fruit. But part of the kalola, part of the difficulty in life is that the tree does not taste of the fruit. What does that mean? So Rav Kook used to say that the meaning of that is very simple based on what we're talking about. The fruit, the, the tree means meh, zachar. The fruit means nekeva, that's the tachlis. The disconnect between Zohar and Akeva means the tree does not taste of the fruit. What does, it mean the fr- what does it mean that the original plan was the tree should taste of the fruit? It means that every time you put in any effort at all, you should taste the, the sweetness of the Paris in the effort itself. That's Shabbos. That's the hidden light of creation. That is this Indian of the, the, the tree tasting like the fruit. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. The tree tastes bitter. The tree tastes like wood. And the Paris, the Paris are sweet. That's a disconnect. That's a disconnect. There's only one tree on planet Earth, Chazal say, that still has a, has a remnant of this truth that the bark tastes of the fruit, and that's the Esrik. So the sight of the Esrik is a little bit of a, of a, of, of, of a, of a reconnection to that, uh, that original truth of what? Of Sholem Bayis, of absolute oneness between Zohar and Akeva. This is why Tu B'Shvat, it's, it's all related to me, this how you sight, eight weeks of Shavim, it's all, it's all part of this idea of Sholem Bayis, of, of bringing together Zohar and Akeva. Those are the two Shabbos candles. Okay, so, fine. For the next few minutes, now let's just go through the process of the actual Avayit itself. Now that we've sort of gone through, uh, let's, enough of the Sugi of, of, of Shabbos candles and Shalom Bayis, which is, by the way, not, there's a lot more to talk about, but just for now, let's go through practically. Um, all right, so you set up the Shabbos candles. What's the idea of setting up these two candles? So you set up candle one, you set up candle two, what's the kavana while you're setting them up? So the result says like this, I, I, we don't have time, or it, it, we, we can't go through exactly all the pratim. But I'll just share with you one line. This is from the Siddur of the Rashash. It's coming from the Arizal in Sharuch HaKadosh. 
the Rishash like this. It says like this. Ubahad when you light the candles, when you're setting them up. And as like I said the first time, you, you light them and then you extinguish them. When you're setting up the candles, yichavein, the kavana shadi, lichpais habez neiris shekinegdem beklipas. To extinguish, to extinguish by setting up the Shabbos candles, what you're doing is fighting and extinguishing a parallel two candles of Tumah, of Sitrach, of Klippa. Now, what does that mean? So everything we've... Okay, so we'll, we'll, we, might not be, we might not finish this tonight. We might have to continue next week. But just everything we set up until now has been Gavaldic. Okay, so Zohar and Akeva come together, it's Gavaldic. So effort results in, 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 in production. Zohar equals Nekeva. Zohar and Nekeva are mamish one. The effort is itself the Tachlis. But let's keep in mind... Everything Rabbi Nishma made in Kedusha, there's always a flip side. Which means that everything we discuss until now can be abused. How so? The abuse of this Inyan of Zachar Nekeva is, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you the extreme example. Let's say a guy is a workaholic. What's a workaholic? I'm not sure. Uh, it's not my problem. But, but uh, I have other Yetzirahs. That's not my issue. But... It seems that the idea of a workaholic is what? Is finding meaning in work, but in an, in an unholy way. You understand? Like what we, what we described as Zohar and Akeva Mamish 1. It's beautiful. It's Mamish finding meaning in, 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 in breaking your head in a Gemara, not understanding, in trying to get to Shul, trying to daven, trying to fight a Yetzar, and finding Tachlis in that. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine what it would be like? To have the geshma of what it feels like to have like a, like like after you finish like you kipper and then like oh that that feeling of harchava that feeling of, of purity that comes after yom kipper imagine feeling that like when you're fighting with the yitzhara because that's what's happening when you're fighting a yitzhara your mom is purifying yourself but we don't feel it but imagine zochin akiva mamish being one mamish shabbos candles where the effort you feel that you taste the fruit in the bark itself but there's a there's a negative side of that which is being a workaholic or of an addiction, where, where a person finds a false meaning in the effort. So there, there is this, there is this, I don't have time, to, it's, it's going to be too hard to be marking this too much, but maybe we'll talk about this more next week. But this Indian, there is, there is, a, there is, a, there is a negative Shabbos candles. There is the, this dark light, I guess you can say, which is that once there's a phenomenon of Zohar equals Nekeva, so there is, there is this, such a person that, is so, that, is, that, that now can be focused on a negative mission. Or you can have a person who finds meaning in the false mission itself. And so, okay, I, we'll stop with this because I'm not going to be able to do justice to this, Sogya. Because next week, I, I apologize, the, the, the title is, you know, I apologize. But uh, next week, we'll, 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 we'll finish this all up and then we'll be we'll into the next Indian. But this is what we're going to, Bezer talk about. That this Inyan Zohar Nekeva in Kedusha, it has its negative side of, of finding meaning in things that are inherently not meaningful. Okay? And by setting up the Shabbos candles, you're fighting against that. And by lighting Shabbos candles, you're connecting to Shalom Bayis in a, in a healthy way. So again, Bez Hashem, we'll, we'll continue next week. Okay. Shkayach.